This is Life Change Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for giving us your ears while you mow the lawn, kayak, do the dishes, or sit with the knitting circle. Watch us on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 9.30 or subscribe to the weekly podcast at mylifechangechurch.tv. This is Pastor Ron Rands. Today we're going to be talking about peace and certainly what a subject that it is, especially uh, with all the things that have transpired in the last couple months and even in the last couple weeks. And this is a message that uh, is right from the Holy Spirit. It wasn't um, a message. In fact, I had another one prepared, but the Holy Spirit quickened me to write this message this week. And even this morning, um, began to put some new insights to this message because I believe God is speaking to his people. He's always been speaking to his people, but I believe right now there's such an awareness and God's looking for our hearts. And so much today, um, we get, there's so much turmoil. In fact, uh, the song we just sang, in my father's house, he's prepared a place for me. You know, in one of the passages that God had given me is in John 14, it says, let not your hearts be troubled. Today, there's so much trouble in people's hearts. And yet God said, let not your heart. And you know, when Jesus spoke that, he was speaking it just after he had washed his disciples' feet. He had shared with him of the brutal um, crucifixion that he was going to go to. Peter, he had told his disciples, he says, I'm going to a place that you can't come to. And, uh, and we read this in John chapter 13, and, and Peter stands up, I want to go with you, you know, and, and, and Jesus goes, seriously, you're going to deny me at three times this evening. I think what we make a mistake is how quickly um, we can be left to our own accord, left to our own thinking, and really lose sight of how much we need Jesus Christ in our lives. Today is a message about the peace of God. And before I get there, though, I want to share with you just some, some pictures. First of all, I'm so thankful for my, one of my assistants and staff, Rita, who is um, obviously, um, I don't know, I guess humorous because if I was, I asked her to make a package, a gift, and does this, this looks a little girly to me, all right? This is just, a, <laughs> and then she, she had sent it and uh, um, a picture of it. But I want to share with you the peace of God is a gift. It's a gift of God. And then I want to talk about even, um, you know, how important it is to be present to receive this gift. And you say, well, Pastor, what do, you, what do you mean? That there was an atonement to receive peace. That when Adam and Eve sinned, and, and we book, the book of beginnings records this time, where Adam and Eve sinned, and that brought a, a literally a, a riff or a dividing between man and God, right? That's what sin does. And all of us are sinners. I am and you are. And what happened is, is that there's a, this divide. And so what God did is he prepared or created a way for us to draw near to him. That's what God did. 
And, it's, and so once we draw near to him, we can have this peace of God. We'll talk about it today. Peace is a weapon toward the enemy. We're gonna talk about peace gives us strength and, and, and it gives us an umpire so that our thought life and our mind and our hearts can stay true. Because we see people today that are just really losing sight and focus of what is really, what's really important. And, uh, and so this piece that we're going to be sharing with you today is absolutely imperative that you grab hold of. Now, I know that some of us, while we're here in church, we don't have any child care. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this, okay, if I could. Is that church is messy. Okay? If God was the only one present, it'd be holy. But then he invited us. And right? And it got, thank you. Say it again. So God makes it holy. You come in involved and it makes it messy. So I'm here. And if just one of us is in the presence of God, it just got messy. All right? And so what I learned in this, and, and I'm, in fact, I've seen a picture of this in, um, in the tabernacle, which was a place where God wanted to draw people to himself. And you can study this out um, on your own, but the tabernacle um, in the Old Testament, this big tent, um, big curtain, was 450 feet of this huge white curtain, all right? And you couldn't come inside of the, this tabernacle until there was one entrance to it, and it was like 30 feet wide. And it was arrayed uh, with all kinds of colors. It wasn't white, with all kinds of colors. And, and, um, and, we're, and we're not going to get into what they really, um, are, the importance of what those colors are. But one thing we, we can find out is that the entrance of that tabernacle had the same color curtains as the entrance of the tent of meetings, the actual Holy of Holies. Same color. So as you would walk in, and it was a journey, and I don't want to talk about getting into the Holy of Holies right now. I want to just talk about how important it is to get in, in the presence of God. And the first thing that you would find is this altar. The first place of any step in reference to being in God's presence is the altar. And that altar is where, where it was atonement for sins. A sacrifice, and so I began. To, I'm a I'm kind of a person that imagines, and I'm made in God's Im image, so I should have an imagination. Amen. And I think that sometimes we have so much um, out there right now that uh, Google that we've lost the importance of your imagination. But I, I love to watch kids in their imagination, little boys and how they, they're crashing trucks and little girls are dressing the little dolls, and you just God puts that in them, that imagination, right? And so what happens is that I'm imagining now I got my goat in my hand because I got to sacrifice this goat because I'm a sinner. And I'm walking around and I'm seeing this huge curtain and, and then you know what I'm also imagining? All the people's faces that are watching me go in that thinking, well, what did you do? Why are you, you know, what, you know, and, and I'm imagining myself because people, what do people do? People talk. Right? They, they don't just talk today. They talk back then. Now, you know, we can talk a lot faster now. We got a lot of different uh, means of uh, conversation, but people talk. So you're literally walking in front of everybody. But because your relationship with God is more important than what everybody else thinks of you, you got your goat in your hand. And that was the first thing I saw. And then the second thing I saw is I saw my boys and my girls. 
I began to watch and, and began to see how my four girls were watching dad with a goat in his hand, and my three boys were watching dad go into the tabernacle meeting, and they didn't really know what dad did wrong. Maybe they did, because dad has a habit of doing things wrong, but I mean, maybe they did, but whatever is, and they saw dad go in, and then they realized, oh, that's how you get close to God. You, you, you go, and there's an atonement, because dad's a sinner. Dad makes mistakes. And so they, they're watching and seeing, and, and what's happened today, and I'm guilty of this myself, is that because Jesus has provided such a perfect atonement for our sins, that we've lost the imagery of the importance of the journey of that atonement. And that our kids don't see us on our knees. Our kids don't see parents looking and realize coming to a holy God realizing that our hearts aren't pure the Bible says the pure in heart shall see God and the purity of God and the cleansing that's supposed to go on in the presence of God in this peace of God that all of a sudden this gift that God goes and goes thank you son thank you daughter for coming in my presence I got a gift for you Oh, and by the way, well, 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 Daddy, what does that gift do? He says, well, this gift is going to help you make right decisions because all week long, you're going to face battles. You're going to face trials at your workplace. You're going to face trials in your marriage. You're going to face trials raising the kids. You're going to face trials in the marketplace. You're going to face some trials, and you're going to need this peace to rule your heart and mind because you're going to go, without this peace, you're going to go crazy. You're going you're to lose your marbles. But I have a gift for you, son, and thank you for coming into my presence and recognizing that you needed this gift. But see, this gift doesn't come, this gift isn't just something that comes automatically, it comes through the presence of God. It comes through because the atonement of Jesus Christ. It comes through because we pressed in and we weren't worried about what other man would say or what other people would say. We want to come into the presence of God. And I, I got my goat, which means obviously I don't have a goat. This is in the Old Testament. But what it is is this, is I come in and I'm ready to prostrate and say, God, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. And that I need to take the time to present this presence or this place so that my kids can see this. And so we're right now... Um, Tomorrow we have a meeting, tomorrow night we have another meeting with the elders and we want to start working on how children's ministry looks in the future. Because we see the importance of children's ministry. Obviously I was a children's pastor. And we also realized that, you know, people coming back into the house of God and people coming in, everybody's got different thoughts. Everybody's got different ideas of what it is, whether it's too soon. I met with people this week that are part of our church family and go, Pastor, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to be there this week yet, you know, and, and, then, and then right away they tell me that they have um, this symptom in their body and this, this uh, scenario in their, and, and going on, and everyone has their own picture of what it is. And here's what I wanna share with you guys, that in, when you get in God's presence, it dispels fear. And yet I still see so much fear in the body of Christ today. So much fear of, of COVID or so much fear of, of, of what's gonna happen with racism and, or so much fear of what's gonna happen in our workplace or so much fear of what's gonna happen in our government. Did you know that one day the Bible says the government will be upon his shoulders? Right now it's the government our government is not on Jesus' shoulders. 
that government is on the church's shoulders. And then one day, the church, okay, would over there and gets caught up in its presence of God, gives that government, this is one day there will be a rule, and Jesus Christ will rule. He will rule the government. He will completely govern this world. But until that day, the church is supposed to govern, and we don't govern outwardly, we govern inwardly. We don't fight against flesh and blood, against principalities, rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness. We can go- we govern within inside and say, well, pastor, how do you govern that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. You got to get your gift. Because the only way to govern your heart is through the peace of God. The only way that your heart can be, and you say, well, pastor, how do you know? Because the word of God very clearly says so. And we'll look at that in just a minute. So, just for a moment, imagine yourself with your goat in your hand, and you're coming in, and you're coming to that altar. And I want you to understand, so before we can talk about the fruit we need to talk about the root journey. The root of this journey is that Jesus paid a price so that you can receive this gift. And say, Pastor, what's the benefit of this gift? This gift is so that you will make right decisions in your marriage. You will make right decisions in your government. You will make right decisions in your, uh, ch- with your children. You will make right decisions in your workplace because people need to see the peace. They need to see a new government operating inside and it operates in your heart because it's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God that comes inside of my heart through this peace and governs me in Christ Jesus. Well, how does that government work? It's through the peace of God. It's a, ever say it with me? It's a... It's a gift. It's a very much a gift. So I have some scriptures um, that I'd like to, and if you're taking notes, I know it's like a Blake format, I'd like you to start taking notes because I believe that it's very important that we start taking some directives and these truths because we're in a journey, church. We're in a journey that possibly I believe that God has been trying to awaken us to for a long time, but awake, amen? John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world can't give. We, we sit there and we marvel, why is the, what is going on with our world? They just don't get it. The world cannot get this peace. They won't receive it. They don't understand it. They cannot give it. It only comes because you go into this entrance of God's kingdom. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy, and I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, a prophetic word speaking about Jesus himself. For a child is born to us, a son given to us. The government, I already referenced this, will rest on his shoulders, will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and he will be the Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. 
the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will be make this happen. Until that day, you're not going to see the peace of God be governed the way God intended to do from any government. The peace of God today rules in our hearts. This is where that government will rise inside of us. That's why God says, pray for your leaders. Pray for those who, you know, have literally instructions in governmental positions or church positions or school positions so that the peace of God will rule in their hearts. Number one, the peace of God is a gift and it's not of this world. It's not of this world. John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. So if you're seeking to have some peace from this world, then you're seeking the wrong thing because the Bible says very clearly this peace of God is not of this world. It's not of this world. Number two, the peace of God is from the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9 verse 6, we reference it. He is the Prince of Peace. So where do we get this? We come into God's presence and we receive this peace. It's a gift. Now we don't receive this gift and live off this gift every day of our lives, which means every day we have an opportunity to get in his presence and receive this gift. Every single day you have an opportunity to draw near unto God and he draws near unto you and guess what? The first thing that God's going to do is say, you know what? You're going to need peace to rule your heart today and your mind today. You're going to need it. Has there ever been a day in, at least in our government or in our world that we know of today that we have, where we needed peace so much to guide us and rule our hearts? Because we've got people from as far right, as far as left, and everywhere in between. But yet God says there is a path to righteousness. There is a right way in all of it. And the only way that you're going to see that is not with these eyes, but with the eyes of your heart. And the only way that your heart is not going to deceive you is that if you have this peace that literally cleanses you so that you have eyesight of Christ. Number three. Peace of, is to rule, peace of God is to rule your heart and your mind. It's to rule your heart and mind. I, I did a study on this many years ago, and it talks about like this peace is like an umpire. Now, um, and, and obviously in baseball we have this umpire, and, and you're either safe or you're out. And what I had found is, is that this is as clear as it is. Every thought, the Bible says take every thought, make it obedient to Christ. So that thought either is a safe thought from the kingdom or it's out of here. But today, many of us are entertaining thoughts that should never be entertained. Amen? They should never be entertained. They should be out of here. And what God does, he gives us this peace so that we know Thoughts that we should build upon and thoughts that should get out of here. Thoughts that we should build upon and thoughts that we should get out of here. Thoughts that are safe, safe. Thoughts that are out there that are not from God. 
And we're going to be talking about it because we are bombarded. We are engaged with a real enemy, a spiritual enemy. And we need to recognize how in the world we can fight this enemy. And one of the, I mean, one of the weapons that God has given to us, shoes of peace. And what do you do with your shoes? Your shoes are the ones that give you the direction or this next step in life. We need to step on the enemy. We need to take steps over the enemy. In Philippians chapter 4, don't worry about anything. That's, that's a big step all by itself. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, what will it do? It will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Today, maybe you're at this place where you have so much unrest. I don't know. Maybe there's frustrations in your thoughts. And, and maybe there, there are things that have happened um, to, you know, certain individuals. Maybe it's the way the police department is operating or not operating. Maybe it's because of some injustice that have happened. Or maybe it's because of your experience in a business. Or maybe your experience with unemployment. Or maybe you're not receiving unemployment. Whatever it is, so many of us have so much unrest. And what we're trying to do is get our own justice. We're not thinking of the whole justice in every aspect of it. We just want our own justice. If something could just be just in our own perspective, and we're not recognizing if we would study history that there have been many times that God has allowed an unfairness and unjust scenarios to happen to mankind, certainly Jesus himself, so a greater story could be told. And yet today we would fight for our own justice. I find myself, I've had people, and there's, there's a, one of the things that really is kind of a, I don't know, just a, a spur in my um, uh, system. You know, Paul says, I had a thorn, a uh, messenger of Satan give it to me. Um, uh, thieves, I've had a few opportunities where thieves have um, come into my life, one of them when I was a builder, and uh, taking supplies from me. And this is when wood was so expensive, a, pl- a piece of plywood was like $21 a sheet. It's crazy cost. And uh, there was a lot of fires that were going on, and so because of these fires, it, it, drew, it drew up the cost of, of wood. And uh, I would have a, um, a load of materials, and then when I say a load of materials, I'd have like $10,000 of materials that would be sent to my work site, and that morning it was gone. Or I would have um, fixtures, and I'd have stuff that was light fixtures or plumbing fixtures, and, and, uh, and, and it was gone. And I remember getting the police department, and I remember um, one time, and I had, I had shared with the, the, the police department, uh, the county, um, and, then the, and then finally it was a state police officer. And I don't, to be honest with you, sometimes you ever, you get so frustrated sometimes, you don't know what you're doing. You know, when frustration is directing you instead of just plain common sense, I had one of those moments. And it was my uh, third uh, experience of being stolen on the work site. 
And this time they had a state police department come, state police officer come. And this guy was a giant. I mean, he, he, I mean if there was like uh, angel pictures of this guy, this, this guy's like six foot six, he's got arms like this, and he comes like bulking inside. And I am like giving this guy the, 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 the here too. And I'm thinking, man, if this guy even wanted to, he'd just breathe wrong and I'm a squash banana. You know what I mean? And, and, and I, but I was so frustrated because I didn't have the peace of God in it. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't, could, I could say, what, something's got to stop. I'm losing tens of thousands of dollars here. Somebody stop this thing. And you guys, this is your place. You stop it. Stop it. And I didn't, you know what's really sad is I didn't even care if he stopped it for anybody else, but you better stop it for me. That's really, that's how crazy unrest and frustration get is all you care about is yourself. And if I look back, it's easy to look back at it now. And I also remember a, a time where uh, somebody had stolen a boat motor um, uh, from a dock. And I, again, um, you, you, you know, and then I had somebody actually, uh, actually throw um, sand inside of my, my speedboat um, and the gas, you know, the gas tank and just malicious stuff. And, you know, and I, so I, I'm, I'm having these officers come and you guys got to do blueprint. I mean, I'm, you guys got to do, take, you know, fingerprints and take, do, I mean, just, just kind of giving some, why? Because I was so frustrated. So, you know, it's easy for me sometimes to have mercy for people right now that are frustrated. I get it. But it still isn't right. It's still not Right. We can't take manners in our own hand. We are children of God and the kingdom of God, kingdom of God, his government rests on his shoulders, but his government wants to rule our hearts in Christ Jesus. His peace that transcends all kinds of nonsense being stolen from and trying to fix it, or, or maybe it's something, you know, the COVID scenario, whatever it is, his peace will rule your heart and mind. Have you ever had it where your heart's telling you one thing and your mind's telling you another? Amen? That's what it says, that this peace of God Transcends all, and I want to talk real briefly here about your enemy. And maybe you, you, you're new um, and watching this, or maybe you're new in our audience right now, and and you don't uh, really understand much about what the enemy is, and that there's a real enemy out there, a spiritual force out there. If I could maybe explain it, and I'm going to try to do it through some verses instead of just kind of narrate it through a, a Ron Rand's picture, if I could. Number four, we have a real enemy that is trying to keep you in the dark. God's peace in your heart will light, in, it will light up in your heart. And many of us today, if we don't watch it, Satan's tactic is to keep you in the, the dark. Um, one of the things as I um, get a little bit older is I struggle, and I'm praying over my eyesight all the time, but I'm struggling more with my eyesight than I ever have as I get older. I can't see things, and I never really realized how frustrating that is, how, how frustrating darkness is. And maybe for you young people, you don't know what I'm talking about because, you know, when I was younger, I never heard anybody say it, but it is a huge frustration, all right? With one things that you could see really clearly, you can't seem to read, you can't grip the grass, and then, you, you know, I've actually done this where I've had one set of glasses like this, and then I've had another one like this because of some of these things are really, I'm like, seriously, what am I? What? And, it, and what I'm recognizing 
is how important sight is. So let's get past these physical eyes. Let's talk about our spiritual eyes if we could. One thing I will say as I've gotten older is I have a lot greater spiritual eyes than I ever had. So though I hourly am perishing, as the Bible says, inwardly I'm getting lit up, amen? And inwardly I'm, I'm realizing that what God is showing me and I'm seeing the bigger picture or the bigger plan or the bigger scheme that God has a strategy for my life, but so does the enemy. And I got to get intact and I got to get in step with God's plan for my life. And I'm going to need this gift every single day of my life. And you know, there are days I can tell you right now where I didn't take the time or I got too busy or I got too frustrated where all of a sudden this gift, although God still had the gift for me, I didn't take the time to draw near and I started, you know, getting out of step with God's plan. And I'm thankful that God has an atonement, Jesus Christ, I can still come back to this gift, but I have lost sometimes some steps. I've got out of step with God's plan in my life, whether it's my marriage or my kids or whatever, I've gotten out of step. And what gets me always back in place with his plan is his, say it with me, his peace. You can feel his presence in his peace. All right, let's go through some scriptures about our enemy if we could. Revelations 12, 9. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil, and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So we don't just have Satan, but there is a whole gamut of enemy that are thrown down, and they are angry, and they are frustrated, and guess what? You guessed it. They hate you. And they want to do everything they can to demise, to destroy your life. Number two, Ephesians 2 says, it says this, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So there is a prince of the power. There is a power, there is a principality, there is a course of this world, God says, don't follow it. 1 Timothy 4. Now the Spirit expressly says in these latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Can I just tell you something? You will know what a deceitful spirit and a demon every moment when you have this in your heart. It will be smelled out and you'll see it that clearly. When the peace of God rules your heart, you go, that's not God, that's demonic. It's earthly, sensual, demonic. You'll, you'll, I can't tell you how important this is in your life. Colossians 1, verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred, uh, transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Acts 26, 18. To open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. There's a a young man, everybody's young to me now, but anyway, there's a young young man uh, that uh, is my, actually it's my daughter's, uh, my adoptive daughter's brother, Stuart. And I hadn't really known um, all of what's going on, Stuart. I, I do remember him being invited to um, some of the weddings that my girls. But for the most part, I didn't really know Stuart's testimony. Stuart was um, uh, a really lost man, 
and he was in a place, he was involved in um, a, a motorcycle gang, and he was involved with selling drugs and alcohol, and, and hopefully, um, he's been in our church a few times now, and you, if you see him, I, I remember seeing him in his dark place, and now you see him, you don't even recognize him. There's so much peace of God that rules his heart. All the addictions, he goes, he goes, all the addictions that the darkness in his life that once ruled him, now the peace of God rules. He goes, I don't even have, he goes, Pastor Ron, I don't even have the desire. I remember he threatened, um, uh, he actually threatened my youngest son for thinking that my youngest son, he didn't really know, had eyes for my youngest adopted daughter. I mean, talk about weird. But anyways, just say, he didn't know. Because that was his lifestyle. He was in so much darkness that the only way, the only choice he had was to take matter in his own hands and be violent in it. And now he's this man, you know, he's, he's working at Teen Challenge, he's doing amazing things for God. And I just, I look at, here's a person who was once in darkness, who's in such great light, who's allowing the peace of God to rule his heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Once I was this way, now I am this way. That's what Christ can do. And yet the Bible says, we just read, it says, you once walked this way. You know that we can start walking back toward that darkness too. John 8, 44, we're almost finished. You are your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and was nothing to do with the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus is referencing, actually at this point, some leaders. And they're lying about Jesus. And they're lying about the purpose of Christ. And he references that, that these leaders are underneath the influence of the enemy. It's easy to start pointing our fingers. Church family, those who are watching this, it's easy to point our fingers um, at others that maybe are be making some what we consider poor choices. You know what I'm becoming painfully aware of? How thankful I should be that I can see. You know, I'm not talking about my physical eyes. I'm talking about my spiritual eyes. That I can even see Jesus. What an honor. That I can even see the importance of church. What a, I mean, what an honor. That I can even have Jesus himself love me. I can feel his presence. And I, what people need out there in the world is they need to see Jesus. Like Stuart. He has an encounter with Christ and everything is changed. He says he would be the first one to say, man, you could have judged me and everything I was doing because everything I was doing is wrong. But was that, would that judgment help him? Would that judgment help Stuart in one bit? Not one moment would that have set him free. But an encounter with Jesus Christ changed his whole life. An encounter in that with the peace of God. You say, look, you know what? I don't just have, I didn't just get encounter with Jesus Christ. Now I have a rule in my own heart. I know how to make right choices. He didn't know how to make right choices. But because Christ lives inside of his hearts, his heart. You know what? For you, the ability to make a right choice, it's Christ that lives in you. What can you brag about? You can't brag that you, well, look at the right choices I made and the wrong choices I didn't make. It's Christ that lives in you that gives you the ability to do that. So none of us can boast. We have no boasting. It's Christ and the peace of God that rules inside our hearts. 
I'm gonna close on this. The peace is a weapon to step into darkness and light the path for you and others to see the Prince of Peace. Ephesians 6.10, final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh. We're not fighting against blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world, against all evil spirits in the heavenly places. And uh, I, I challenge you uh, to get in the book of Samuel, to get in the book of Kings and the book of Chronicles. And I want you to reference the kings that were put in place and the ones that took down high places. Those kings that took down high places, those high places were places of worship. And when the king began to take those things down, the land began to get blessed. And I, I, I find that in my own heart, there are high places. You know, I can remember times where there was high places that I wanted to take with my wife. There was a time in my own heart where my wife was more important than God. And God was so merciful that he loved me enough to help me with my adjustment. There were times where I had high places when it came down to wanting to be a pastor of a church than to be an assistant pastor of a church. And I went through about three years of dying to myself, taking down that high place. I remember in that high place, I was thinking other people that got to be chose to be a senior pastor when I was in Grand Haven. And I remember sitting there going, well, they're not, they're not as qualified as I am. That's a high place. That's pride, is it not? But I didn't see it that way. I, I saw it as how much more do I need to work so that God can see it? Oh, no, not just God, so that people can see it. Those are high places. The pure in heart can see God. Am I doing it purely for God to see? Or am I doing it so that God's people can see? And that I can be loved. That's a big question every day. Am I doing it, am I doing it for God to be a great husband? Or am I doing it so that Brenda will love me more? Am I being a great parent to my kids for God? Or am I doing it so that my kids will honor me more? The whole point is the pure in heart. And the only way I can tell what's pure is if I get this gift. Just please bow your heads, close your eyes. And if you right now are watching this, I want you to do the same. Father, I thank you right now for just your presence. I thank you that you've given us access and we ask you, God, for that access, for your presence right now. We don't deserve it. It's your mercy that grants it. And we ask that our hearts, shaped in your hands, that you would lead us. That you would lead us where we would find hope. We would find peace. We would find that we're in your hands and in your, in your plan. If you don't have that peace that transcends all understanding, you have so much turmoil on the inside. You struggle praying. You struggle with a relationship. You struggle even connecting with God. 
Maybe your picture of God is, is, is a wrong picture if he's up there being so judgmental and that he, he's a harsh God. Or maybe your picture is that God just doesn't care. Whatever your picture is, I guarantee you it's not painted with the brush of peace of God and the presence of God in your life. I know I've been there and been both places. And man, when God begins to start painting with his brush who he is in your life, there's nothing like it. Life begins to take on shape that you, you couldn't ever imagine. It's way beyond your imagination. So if today, if you'd like to take a step, you'd like to accept Jesus Christ, you'd like to surrender your life and say, I want to take that step. Pastor, I want that peace. I want that relationship. All I got to do is bow your heads and close your eyes and pray this prayer with me. Make this prayer heartfelt. And God, who knows all your heart, will take that surrender place and come and live in you, live inside your heart, begin to help you and bring that peace in your journey. Pray this prayer with me, would you? Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I receive your love. I receive your peace that transcends all understanding. Here I am. I'm all yours. Amen. Let's worship our God. Let's stand and worship our God. You are listening to Life Change Church with Pastor Ron Rands. If this message encourages and inspires you, pass it on to someone else. You can find weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts under Life Change Church Muskegon. When you share it to your social media, be sure to tag us at Life Change Church. For prayer support and more resources, visit mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.